Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny on the fifth Wednesday of the month, bringing you a extra special TKO this morning. So this morning, my guest on the air through via Zoom is our fifth district supervisor, Ted Williams. Ted, are you there? I am. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I got to say, I got to actually see Ted Williams and Glenn McGordy um, yesterday live in person in Boonville. They've been doing a, um, I don't know, listening, I guess, listening um, meetings, listening, scoping session, uh, doing water things. I think Anderson Valley was the first. Then you headed out to the coast, and I think you've got some more today. Is that right, Ted? Yeah, I'm actually uh, not on the task force. It's uh, Supervisors McGordy and Hascheck. And uh, we did notice that it was a public meeting so that all five supervisors uh, could show. Um, I think it was a good idea for 5th District Water. I definitely want to be there. Yeah, it was and good. So today, yeah. today it's in, uh, they're in touring, touring Fort Bragg, and I imagine uh, Supervisor Jurdy will be present. Oh, good. Okay. That was good. Yeah. How did it feel to actually get out and get to see people again? It must have been amazing. It, yeah. I mean, that's that's been amazing over the last month. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I was giving I was giving Glenn a hard time about uh, having uh, drought meetings where we just you know talk about the water that we don't have and and call, you know, call it a success. And I, I um, my mind was changed when I saw the research that he's bringing the the, the ideas that are flowing from the community. And um, one of the things I really appreciate about uh, Glenn is coming back up. Maybe he starts with how we should collect the data, and you know, it works all the way through like an academic would before reaching a conclusion rather than just, you know, trying to justify a preconceived idea with data. Um, I, I think he's going to make a difference here looking at uh, low-hanging fruit. I sure hope so, because I know we had a water agency many years ago, then it kind of went um, underground or went into, I don't know, remission, whatever you want to call it. It, it. it dried up. It dry, yeah, that's what you said yesterday. That was really sweet. I like that. It dried up. It did dry up. Um, but I just want to make a shout out to um, John Pinches, who was the third district supervisor for many years. I mean, that was his mantra. Water, 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 water. He he fought, he fought, he fought. And then again, it kind of went into a drought situation. So a uh, big shout out to uh, John Pinches for trying to do it. It's it's hard, and I know it's hard. I know it's a big issue because of the, we have so many different watersheds, so many different agencies dealing with it. But you know, we're now in a crisis, and it's yeah. We, planning would have been some nice around this. So um, I'm glad to hear you guys are getting some really good ideas. Uh, so Glenn and is it John that are on the that committee? John Hatchak. Are they the it water? Is, the, the, I think I think it's likely all five will be working together on this. Yeah, so you guys should be. I don't know if it's on the topic for after the. I think your board name, next board meeting is the thirteenth of July. Is it on the agenda or not? I don't know. Um, I, I I I believe there will be a report out. Good the time is really the essence on this one. Boy, is it howdy! So so anyway, it was really good. I'm glad that you did do like a scoping session. I guess is what I was trying to say to get ideas and get the community involved in the discussion because, like I said, there are so many different water issues and so many different agencies and watersheds. So thanks for doing it. it was great to see you. Um, but we I wanted to go on to other things because Ted and I are like to talk about money. We like to talk about budgets. We like to talk about that kind of stuff. So let's start out with let's start out with the budget. Um, 
you finalized uh, the coming year's budget for 21-22 at the last board meeting, which was last week. Um, you should be getting a report as to how we ended up with last fiscal year, um, the overs and underages from the different agencies and stuff. Um, I know you've always been consistent, as I have appreciated with you want the budget to be as accurate as possible to project what's really happening on the ground i know that at last year's budget uh, you were the lone vote no and that was because that the sheriff's department da and i believe probation had all been under budgeted which has been a trend in mendocino county um did that get reconciled this budget cycle? Are they underfunded I, again or not? I, I think I, I, I still don't think we're being realistic. I mean, you can look at the third quarter uh, results and mind you, uh, not all revenue is in. So it's not perfect, but it gives a good snapshot of where we're, we're headed. And, um, you know, there's a number of departments that look like they, they could run over a bit. Um, you have probation, um, uh, more than a million dollars. Uh, the sheriff, uh, 600,000, uh, district attorney, um, about, uh, four, maybe 350 public defender, half million. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that they can spend less and provide the services that the public expects, but that, that should be steering us to, uh, be realistic and, and properly allocate in the next cycle. Well, this has been consistent. I mean, I've been following the budget for 20 years in this county, and it, it has been consistent that these departments have always been under budgeted, even though when you look back, you see that, oh my gosh, maybe we should throw more in the budget because we're always under. So I applaud you for um, keeping the pressure up to have a good, accurate budget, or as good, I mean, a budget is a budget, is a projection, is day-to-day, month-to-month. We all know that or should know that. You know, things come up. But when you're running running a consistent deficit that should give you some insight into what you do next year so thank you for keeping their feet to the fire ted um so this year on the budget you were the lone no vote can you give us a quick update as to the issue around that which i say was another good issue <laughs> so what what's the issue around that for you well, I think it's I think it's the same issue I've had in the 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 other years. You know, this is my th- my third time going through the budgeting process, mm-hmm. and I I think staff does a really great job trying to pull it all together. And Mendocino County, you know, has really antiquated tools and processes that um, you know we, we we could probably do a more accurate budget if we had regular reports up to the minutes of spending and revenue. I don't think we have the software to do that today, and maybe we don't have the culture and you know, there's some of the changes I would like to see. I'm halfway through my term, and um, it's it's really hard to uh, break status quo. And I, I, you know, you've probably seen some of the topics I bring up are a little bit uncomfortable. But I think there's no way around it. It will be a little bit uncomfortable to talk about how to transform Mendocino County uh, to be on par with uh, with our neighbors. You mean bring us into this century? Yeah, basically. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't mean, I, mean, it, I don't mean it as criticism. It's you know, one of the roles, jobs of the supervisor is to look at how we can do better, how we can provide more services with the limited budget we have, and uh, you can't, you can't address duplication and you can't accurately prioritize if you don't have visibility into where the money is going. 
And, you know, when you look at the budget, you see um, big, big buckets, but we don't have the detail um, and the ability to see, are there, are, we have a thousand contracts. Are there contracts that are providing services to one department that are duplicated in another? Can we get a better deal if we combine those? Uh, you know, if we had uh, better transparency, we may be able to um, uh, issue spot for potential cost savings. Well, it used to be, and I, I know that things are trying to change, it used to be that the um, CEO or CAO, it's always been, would give like a six-month update. This is kind of where we're at, at six months in. Um, I know that you and, you know, people that are watching the budgets have said, why can't we do this monthly or quarterly? Get it a little bit tighter so you can see trends and that kind of stuff. So where are we at now? Is it going to be monthly? I heard that there's being... You, that you and the board are now saying we need more we need more information to to make our decisions to to prioritize like you're talking about. Are you going to get being monthly um, budget estimates or costs? That, that is that that is the goal. Uh, okay. The the last CEO report on uh, I think it was June twenty second um, has a breakdown of uh, third quarter um, revenue and spending. I think it's a really great start. We're headed in that direction. It, you know, the, the, the holdup has been, it's very time consuming. It uses a lot of staff time, staff time that we don't have that's competing for, you know, against other projects. And ideally this is the type of report that would be automated that wouldn't take any manual effort. And uh, our county hasn't been, been quite there. That's our IT, you know, you that's to, our IT I situation. Before, you, can, you, can, you can go to a local toy store and they can pull up QuickBooks and, you know, with a few uh, punches on the mouse, they can give you uh, uh, a profit and loss on a balance sheet. Why can't the county do that? I think that's the real discussion. Why is it so much manual work? That's very and true. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but I'm the treasurer of the nonprofit locally and I have QuickBooks and I can generate all that stuff immediately, like monthly. So yep. I hadn't thought about that. Um, is that an IT thing where we just aren't up to speed with our uh, different departments being hooked into the same network and that kind of thing? Is that the problem? Uh, software, no? software training, okay. <laughs> motivation maybe, um, uh, and competing priorities. It's a, it's a poor, underfunded county. And, you know, you ask staff to work on this. It means they're not working on something else. And, you know, we can come back and ask, why didn't you get that other thing done? And it's... Because I, I, I think the board is putting more uh, focus on this, more priority, because we recognize um, has a has a great impact on our overall success and spending money wisely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that if you need to break down. I don't know if I, as a supervisor or you, as a supervisor, need to break down monthly, but at least quarterly would be great. You, you know yep. what I'm saying? That would be good. So, uh, let me just reintroduce you. I'm uh, Karen Audubonny. This is TKO, a special fifth uh, or four, yeah, fifth. Wednesday edition and my guest is 5th District Supervisor Ted Williams and we've been talking about the county budget um, so we did we kind of got away from the account so the accountability issue about keeping track of things um, one of the issues came up is we have this huge 17.4 million dollars that goes to services uh, as a con on a on a contract basis with uh, Redwood Quality Management. I get it, just all these acronyms anyway. And that was one of the issues for you is to track these contracts as to are we duplicating? Are we getting our money's worth? Um, where do we go with that to getting accountability with these thousand, you said a thousand contracts? Um, how do we get a handle on that? Is that just reporting, well, upping the game? I, what? 
I, I would think maybe we would, we would begin by looking at the largest contracts. And you bring up a good one, uh, Redwood Quality Management Company, $17 million yeah. to provide mental health services. Um, they may be doing um, phenomenal work, but I would like some data to to show it. I think that's part of my job is to make sure that um, money is, is well spent and that we're um, meeting public expectations. I, I don't know. They could be doing, they, we could be leading the state or we could be at the bottom. And for um, my entire time in office, I've, I've been asking for that data. And, you know, initially um, I was told, no problem, we can give you whatever you want. And I, I haven't received it. It seems like after we pass a multi-million dollar contract, the, um, the motivation to provide the data kind of wanes. And, and I, I have received data um, that highlights how much we're spending and how many patients are seen. That's not really what I'm looking at. I want to know, for the dollars we spend, are we changing lives? How do we compare to Napa County? How successful are we? Right, some people will need ongoing services forever. It's maintenance. It's, um, and that, that, that's the role of the county is to take, take care of uh, people. But we should know whether we are rehabilitating and getting people on their feet and off of services at a, at a comparable rate to uh, other counties and other, you know, and the nation as a whole. I haven't seen that data and that, that concerns me. And it, it concerns me more that I have to have a fit to even have the conversation. I mean, I got Camille calling me the night before um, telling me if I make a critical comment about our QMC that uh, they'll pack up and walk. And I don't want to do business that way. And the, the county it really has the culpability. We've created a model where if we were to say no to that contract, we wouldn't be able to provide mandated services. There, the county doesn't have the resources to do it, and there's there's no there isn't any competition. Where where else would you go? So it, it's not the best bargaining dynamic. I can't blame the contractor. I think they they do good work. They hire um, you know people in our county. They're local, and uh, and and they smart business positioning. But is it right for the county to be fueling a monopoly? Yeah, and the the reference was to Camille Schrader, who is in charge of M. Is it MQM? Yeah. I mean, the other the other one that gets me is I you know I also heard, and this has come up time and time again, that look, it's only you know about a million dollars of um, of our money. The rest is uh, state and federal. Well, the people in my district, in my county, pay federal and state taxes, and you know we have people working um, uh, extra minutes or hours every day to pay pay their state and federal taxes so it's all public money um the county's uh, general fund yeah that's a pair of last resort that's precious we can speak as we can spend it on anything we should always use federal and state money if we can but i don't want to pretend that that state and federal money is free money that's that's the people's money and it's it's our job to safeguard it just like we would uh, uh general fund yeah, I mean that that's the other thing is that is it, it we do get a lot of federal we get more state and federal money coming into the county than we actually put out but that still does not negate accountability and outcome reporting. I agree with that totally. So, um that's good to know. Um okay, so anything else come up in the budgeting process and you know that jumped out to you that I might be missing? I mean, it seemed like it was a pretty good 
pretty good um, process. Uh, I mean, it, we have been doing this for years. They've got it down. Um, there's not that much discretionary income, as I've told my listeners for years, that the supervisors actually control. Like you said, a big chunk of the monies that come in are already pocketed for certain uh, services and things through the federal and the state. So anything jump out at you in the process this year that was different, better, worse? There, there, there was one uh, category that uh, strikes me as an oversight. Um, we spend uh, we spend a lot of money on, on public safety, and uh, I've always felt that fire protection is, is part of public safety. And we give a little bit of, you know, some pennies out of Prop 172, to fire as a, as a, as a token. But, you know, we had a fire that we couldn't, uh, we couldn't protect against. And we know that, uh, Cal fire has more firefighters than ever in our County. Um, they have a converted Blackhawk. You look at the resources that are here and on one hand, it feels good that the state is making us such a priority on the other. It highlights the state believes that we're a huge risk. And of all times, I would think now we would be talking about how to bolster fire services and um, I think it's appropriate to use some of our county general fund. The, the, you have uh, firefighters depending on bake sales, you know, local district taxes on structures, and um, it's, just not a, it's just not enough. Yeah, right now there's a, a raffle going for a big picnic table in Boonville for our local fire department. How's that? Um, yeah, so that kind of that brings me around to another topic that I wanted to just go over, which is this PG&E money. Um, you've gotten a lot of requests. We've got 20, I keep hearing 22, Is it, I think it's 21.6, then I hear 22.6 million, whatever, that's close. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a chunk of money from, the, from PG&E for the fire and the damage and all that. I know the board has been they've gotten all the requests in from all different agencies different um, departments all of that um, and i know it's on the agenda the pg money is on the agenda for july 13th um, what i had asked john hashtag last week when he was on and i'm going to ask you again i know you're trying to codify and you've got a rating system for all the requests that comes in but what jumps out to me is there was fire department requests there was a uh, fire safe council request there was brent blazer asking money to set up the emergency uh, office emergency services office in the county uh, get him a place to set his equipment up there were some really um, fire related public safety related issues that could use the money now not in six months is that something that the board is going to be able to do or that you're going to be able to try to do uh, on the 13th to maybe get some of that money cut loose to the immediate needs in our community? You know, I, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> I, I had actually, we've we, we gone through the process of, of hearing um, of various projects and requests for funds, mm-hmm. and all of the projects are have merit. I was really impressed by the, the proposals, not just the ideas, but the specificity and you know we i want to fund everything but um as we were working through it i realized that this is money that came out of a a settlement on a fire and we're not ready for the next fire i think the and we want to make sure we benefit all people of mendocino county this isn't free money to hand out here or there for pet projects this is to should be to benefit all people and make try to make us whole on losses suffered during the the fire and uh, I wrote up an agenda summary and, and submitted it through the normal process with the appropriate timeline. 
to uh, to allocate all of that PG&E fund to uh, fire and EMS. And I actually called the clerk and asked why why isn't it on the agenda? And uh, some somehow somehow it got pulled. And it, it, it you know it may be that we already have a process going. I think Chair Jurdy probably has good reasons why this may be a little bit out of bounds, but. It, it just struck me that um, although we have a lot of good projects on the table, maybe we should we should um, give a one-time bump to fire and EMS. Figure you have 21 fire districts in the county. You know, a million dollars a piece would buy an engine, some training. It doesn't go very far. But we would be in better shape no matter where the next fire breaks out. We would have resources, better training, you know, maybe, maybe uh, larger rosters. They'd have funds to buy turnouts. And... You know, you can buy a lot of Band-Aids to go along with it. Um, I think uh, EMS is part of that fire discussion. But that's that's where I would spend it if I had my choice. So what it, is that? Is that a possibility? Can the board actually say, okay, oh. here's the top five. We're not going to give out. We're not giving out the whole nine yards now, but we're going to at least get out, you know, five, ten million of it to do these top projects, not full of funding, but get some money where it needs to be immediately. Is that something that could actually happen on the 13th? Yeah. If- if two of my colleagues would join me on that, absolutely. All right, folks listening, you know your supervisor. I bet you can get their phone number. <laughs> um, yeah, because, I mean, seriously, this money has been here since November. Um, the, fire, the fire danger is just upped immensely, especially with the drought and everything dried out. I, um, I know that all the local fire departments have been really working hard to get us hardened, fire hardened. I've been, my road association, my neighbors, we've all been working really, really hard, but there are some, there are some good needs in the community for that. Um, and I do want to say I saw and watched a lot of the presentations and read the proposals for the different groups that came in. I think the total, the requests came out to, was it like $35, $37 million, something like that, I think. And I agree with you. All those proposals were really, really well done. I'm hoping that we can keep those and use all those great proposals to go for federal state funding and other funding to, you know, backfill what doesn't come out of the PG&E money. I think it's a great start. It really informed me as to the needs and the work that's going on in this county by different organizations. I don't know about you, but it really informed me. So, um, okay, so there we go. We got the PG&E money coming up. We got the budget. Um, all right, so the other big issue that uh, I know a lot of locals have been asking me about is the PSPS pre- preparation in the communities. That's the when the power goes off. Um, any word on how we're doing on that? I know that some of that money from PG&E was supposed to be helping getting generators and help setting, setting up some of these um, sites for people that need, don't have power, won't have power, and need to have, you know, probably air conditioning this summer and that kind of stuff. Uh, any word on how that's going? Yeah, staff did bring a proposal uh, to uh, add generator capabilities to some of the county facilities. Um, the, the board asked for it to come back in um, uh, juxtaposed with a more green version, say solar and, and batteries in all county facilities. We, we have a climate committee, you know, we're dealing with maybe some mitigation related to a warmer and drier climate. It seems appropriate that perhaps we get off fossil fuel, see if we can invest that money in um, comparable backup power that uh, would be more uh, compatible with the climate. 
And, you know, frankly, um, cutting uh, generator failures, the noise associated with large generators, it, it may be better all around. I don't know exactly when that will come back, but I, but I know our facility st- staff is, um, is working on getting estimates. That said, PG&E, I think they have somewhat more credibility, which, you know, they set the bar really low. So it should be no surprise that, that, um, that, that they're gaining credibility. But I don't think they're going to shut us off quite like they did that first time where it was this, um, you know, an almost entire county blackout for, for days and days. I think they're able to do it a little bit more, um, more of a surgical approach. And so it's still important that we have facilities with backup power and water because we don't know what type of disaster could unfold. We need, those, we need the, that set up regardless of the PSPS. But I don't, I'm not envisioning that we're going to have a repeat of that first PSPS where we were uh, all out of um, lights for a week or so. Yeah, they've re, um, they worked on their transmission lines and kind of, I think, blocked things down so they can do less area in, yep. in the fire danger thing. Um, just for my two cents, I've been off the grid since 1980, and I will say I know generators are a bummer. I know it feeds into the you know fossil fuels and all that. But if we're going to try to do this, a green um, backup to our buildings and stuff, it's going to take a lot longer and cost a lot more money. Just just putting it in there. Um, well, do you, do you feel comfortable with uh, $1.9 million of, of fossil fuel generators? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, and you know what? I still, I know it's government doing it, but I still have a hard time thinking it costs fifty bucks to put a or fifty thousand dollars to put a generator in a in a building. Um, <clears throat> just because I've been doing this for years, so I mean the the num the dollars that they're that need to that they're saying need to be spent to do this has always shocked me. But then they shock you too. You've said that a few times <laughs> at the board meetings. I think it was. Um, over the, uh, I know it was over vehicle abatement. How much it cost per car to take out? I remember you saying something about that. So I, I have a harder time spending the the county's money than my my own checkbook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and most of because I mean, a, a big chunk of us here in the county have been back to landers. We do it ourselves. We do it on you know recycled and dimes and doing it. You know what I mean? Piecemeal. So to be throwing you know hundreds of thousands of dollars just to set up an all you know a a generator system at one building, I think shocks a lot of us locally, you know? Yeah. And on, on your, um, you brought up the, the vehicle abatement. Uh, yeah. we spend a, a small fortune of public money hauling uh, vehicles away. Oh, I know. Uh, you know, if you, if, 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 if listeners, uh, see that happening, one being dumped and you feel free to pass along information. If it has to be anonymous, so be it, uh, that uh, removing a trailer from this County costs, uh, over $3,000 of your money. And, um, yeah, somebody gave me the possible contact of, um, one of the trailers I called and asked, uh, Hey, you want to come get this thing that's roadside? And we talked about it a little and, you know, I could pass it on to code enforcement. The next day it was gone. He hauled it back to his property. Oh, good. So, um, you know, every little bit, $3,000 here or there adds up. Maybe we can keep the homeless shelter open for an extra month. No, or, that's or good. Potholes. Yeah, truly, folks, you see somebody dumping something, just snap a couple pictures and drive off. I mean, you don't have to confront them yourselves, but you get the evidence and turn it in. Yeah, I mean, we've just got one, uh, got a, a uh, I don't know, a terrible junked out car dumped in Boonville uh, a month and a half, two months ago that's sitting there. But yeah, this is becoming kind of kind of a, a thing. But 
we need to keep on top of it. So, all right, folks, it's uh, 930. Uh, I'm Karen Audubon. On the air with me is 5th District Supervisor Ted Williams. We're going to cover oh, maybe a couple more uh, topics, and then I will open up the lines for your questions or comments. Um, so let's see. Uh, one of the things that you've pushed about, and I know that has come up recently around the Sheriff's Department in particular, is auditing. Uh, auditing the different departments to find out if they're if the money's being spent appropriately or just if there's mistakes, you know, a digit here, a zero there, that kind of thing. Um, I know there was one glaring error that came up in the Sheriff's Department around the vehicles, uh, in, I think it was last week, just recently. It kind of blew up on Facebook and social media, and it was just a digital mistake that I personally agree somebody internally should have caught either at the you know at the um, facility services or at the county level but the sheriff I think count did the sheriff catch that or maybe it was somebody in the CEO's office that caught that mistake I think it was the discussion about it and you know that had been brought up at a meeting and I don't I don't want to dwell on on you know one clerical mistake no no it was just a dumb mistake but, but it, it yeah. highlights the issue of but, how often does this happen that, that's exactly right. If you're off fifty thousand dollars, you know, once, yeah, now, it's a rounding error for this county. But if you have a hundred of those, it's a big deal. How do you know how many you have if you don't audit? Right. So you've been pushing for having some some of these uh, departments, I guess, audited. My question is: is I remember voting for all these years, and I vote for a county auditor, don't I? I'm pretty sure I do. Yeah, you do. It's an elected department. Yeah, it is. That's what I thought. So tell, explain to me and the listeners, what's the difference? Why would we have to get an outside auditor to audit the sheriffs or the DA or, or the human services department? Why would we do that? Isn't that the responsibility of the auditor that I, you know, vote for? But we should, we should, we should bring Lloyd on air to <laughs> ask him that question. Yeah, maybe I should. Uh, I, don't, I don't care who does it. Uh, the Board of Supervisors <laughs> doesn't direct all uh, department heads. Some of the department heads are, are elected by the people and um you know we we it's board of supervisors has the duty to approve an, a balanced budget annually we're responsible for the the money aspect and you know this even goes for the da or the sheriff where it's not our job to micromanage the sheriff and you know as a county officer um we have some review and we control the sheriff's budget uh it would be inappropriate to control that budget to um to steer the way he operates his department and uh i don't think any of us want to step on those toes and it would frankly it would be inappropriate same for the district attorney um you know for law enforcement um you know this this the sheriff uh, should be working tight with the state attorney general not the board of supervisors the the the, the structure and the fractured nature of government in california uh inherently catalyzes uh conflict you every county you have uh, elected department heads and uh the ceo or the ceo butting heads it's just part of the system and you know i think part of it's it stems from we have a ceo who's looking out for all county services she also cares about law enforcement but she's responsible for executing on all of the other services and you have a sheriff that i know cares deeply about services across the board but you know, has a, has a has a um, uh, uh, is solely responsible for the law enforcement aspect. So I don't. You know, it's it's. I, I think there will always be a bit of conflict. It's how we manage that conflict. I I do believe audits are appropriate, not not just for the sheriff's office or for the DA. All departments, 
I think periodically we, we owe it to the people to get an outside perspective. How are we doing? How do we compare to other counties? Are there duplicated services? Are we paying our, our, our bills on time? Are, are, and, and I know um, the sheriff probably doesn't want us stepping over into, uh, say, more of a performance audit. I see it a little, I see a blurry line there because we hear we don't have enough officers. And uh, give me a little justification on that, that there's people to hire and there's positions open and we need them. And, you know, some crime stats to show that we're not addressing a public need. And I will be persuaded to cut other services to make more available for the sheriff's office. I don't I don't doubt an audit would highlight that the sheriff's office needs more funding. But um, I don't want to write a blank check to, to any department. I want some some documentation. And frankly, documentation has been weak. There was uh, there one of the the sheriff's budget item requests previously had data attached to show crime is rising. I charted that and asked for the chart to be attached uh, back to the agenda item, and it looked to me like a lot of categories were declining. Some a number were flat, and uh, you know a couple were up. And I I need a little bit more. I I think we owe it to the people because we are cutting other services. And, you know, this is, we're using the sheriff's office as an example. I don't, I don't want to pick on the sheriff's office. It's, it's probably over budget because uh, he's underfunded. And, uh, and, you know, HHSA is another good target. I talked to the CEO probably a year ago about my desire to audit HHSA. And, but, but seeing that it's the agency is being split two or three ways, it may make sense to do that type of audit um, after the split so that we uh, collect data that's actually useful in, in steering the new departments. Well, now you've got me tr- intrigued. Um, okay, so, so our, our auditor is Lloyd, I forget his last name. Lloyd Weir. Weir, okay, Lloyd Weir. Um, now, I'm, now I'm really curious as to what the definition is that of that job, and if he's not supposed to be auditing these departments and making sure that we're running good with the budget and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. I think I will delve into that. I will say I've always thought it's really odd that we, the electorate, vote for the treasurer and the auditor, because those are very technical positions that i as a voter i don't know how to decide who's good at this and knows their business you know it just seems like we we end up um electing or moving people up in the position and i don't know that i've had it's been many years since anybody there's been any competition for those positions so it has always seemed to me because i do the money stuff that that's been a weird thing to have elected so um yeah do you do you know anything about the auditor's position and what that well, entails? Well, the, the, the county uh, is able, does have some flexibility in um, combining positions. Um, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, it's a bit it's a bit nuanced the way you can you can group various uh, offices together. So you know you could have one elected department head that um, serves um, multiple needs. Right, we did that with the assessor and, election yeah. years ago. And right. do, do we have kind the right? Do we have the right assortment today? I don't know, but I think you bring up a really good point that um, a lot of this is highly technical, and um, I don't know the voters. I mean, there's like you said, there's not a lot of competition, and I don't know if voters are really able to um, ascertain who can technically do the best job. It it may be that uh, a county needs a CFO. 
Um, and I, I, you know, I've been, I've been asking for an outside audit because I don't care how it's done. I just, I just want it to be done. I want to know how we're doing relative to other counties, department by department. Okay. And, you know, are we pulling down as much state and federal funds as, as we can? True. I don't, yeah. I don't know the answer. And I'll tell you when you, when you talk about, uh, um, raising the wages of, um, uh, an analyst too, it's across the county. And so it hits departments that are reimbursed by state and federal funds differently than departments that are reimbursed entirely by general fund. And I, in some cases, it keeps wages low because we can't afford the general fund hit, so we don't make the increase. Uh-huh. It, and yeah. so we, then we Good have, uh, in another department, we have somebody who may be underpaid or perhaps the position is vacant for, for, for a long time because it's, it's below market. And Maybe there's a way to reclassify so that we don't have state and federally reimbursed um, uh, job classifications impacting our general fund to such a great degree. This is just one example of if you get somebody who's really sharp with the numbers and knows government finance, it may be that there's a way to um, to squeeze more out of the current model. And um, this isn't criticism. It's not a witch hunt. It's not going after any department. It's just asking, how do we make sure the people in Mendocino County get uh, everything they deserve? Yeah, those are good questions. I will follow up on the uh, auditor's office, though. I will make sure I do that. Thanks for putting that in. All right, so before I open up the lines, I wanted to go over one thing that has come up. Um, back, I think it was in 2008, when we got the big recession and we combined, one of the re- one of the ways to save monies was we combined social services. Now, I'm not, I, I will give you upfront listeners, I am not on top of the different departments. I know we have uh, public health, we have uh, HHSA, I don't know what that totally means but i know that there was i think at least two or three departments and they all got combined under one leadership i think that's what happened if i'm not mistaken and it all went under the ceo's office i believe no it's, no, it's, it's a separate it's, it's really a, under i mean hhsa is a, a super agency model okay there we go yeah. all right so we combined all of these now now, I just read and looked into it that we've hired Ann Mormon, who's local, has done wonderful things in this county. Brilliant woman, I say, personally, that's my humble opinion, um, to come in and help somehow break these departments apart so they're more manageable. Can you give us just a little idea of why that's happening? And well, you know, it's the, just a little idea. Of, you know, it's the same, same reason they were they were brought together. What, okay. what, what it, we thought it would be more effective some years back and you know based on what we found um you know staff recommendations people who are actually um on the ground doing the job day to day it seems like maybe at least splitting it in half um makes sense maybe pulling public health out as a a standalone you know a standalone there's an argument that there may be some duplicated expenses and you may have an extra department head but public health is 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 critical and we saw it during the pandemic um you know, you wouldn't tie public health to, uh, to, you wouldn't put public health under Department of Transportation. You would say there's not a lot of overlap that doesn't make sense to have a DOT director also overseeing public health. I think it's a question of where that where that line is and uh, how similar public health is to um, the other services HHSA provides. And I so this I think is the, more for the, so the this, public. Yeah. I, I think highly of Ann Mormon. I think she will. I'm sorry, um, Ann Mulgard. I think uh, Mulgard, she will. I'm sorry. She will 
um, help us clarify the pros and cons of breaking public health away. But regardless of what happens there, we need we know it needs to be bolstered. It's it's not quite in um, as good a shape as it should be. Yeah, sorry about that. I did misspeak. I was thinking um, of our <laughs> Superior Court judge and Mormon, but it's M. Ann Mulgard who I've known for years. She was uh, uh, the head of First Five for many years and came in and actually I helped before putting things together. I think so. Is this is this move to 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 separate out some of these um, uh, services, like public health, and that is it more for efficiency or more for financial, or is it kind of a combination of both? I, I think I think those are intertwined. It's, okay. It's um, you know how how can we get the most value out of out of the um, the money we have providing the services that are mandated. Okay. Good. All right. Well, good to know. So we've gosh, we covered a lot of issues, Ted. Anything that I've missed that you want to bring up that's been uh, weighing on you that you'd like to get out to the public? Uh, no. Um, I. I. Uh, we have two new supervisors who. Yes. You know, I've been getting up to speed, and I think they're doing a really great job. Um, I've I've been impressed with both. We had uh, uh, Glenn McGordy on the coast and touring the fifth district yesterday, starting in Anderson Valley focused on water. I really like seeing him uh, cross over the line. A lot of the problems we face are countywide. And, um, you know, I, I, we can use all the help we can get. And then um, I, last week I met with Mo. We had lunch in Anderson Valley. We were talking about a lot of issues in, in the 5th. And uh, I was encouraged to see that uh, she's also stepping up to be a, a county supervisor, not just focused on, on a district. So um, I'm really pleased. Good, good collaboration. Yeah, because they both got seated uh, right at the pandemic too, in the middle of it, right? Yeah, and they, yeah, I mean, they, they started out with with Zoom. Yeah, they started out with Zoom. Getting, yeah. We're just now getting that face to face. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, so okay, so anyway, and I want to just I want to highlight one thing. Uh, Ted was on last night with Alicia Bales, and they covered a lot about the cannabis and what's going on. Um, I told Ted today when I saw him yesterday, we're going to cover everything but cannabis today because, as most people know, it's not my genre. I don't want to get into it, and there's so many other things to cover. But I want to tell everybody if you're interested in that really great show last night, you can go to KZYX Jukebox. Or you can go to our website and go under the public affairs and it'll be, you can stream it on a podcast. So that's that's some options for you to go back and hear the discussion from Ted's point of view and what's going on with that because I like to cover every other issues. So um, Ted, I am going to open up the phone lines to see if people want to get in and have questions or comments. Uh, 895-2448. Eight, and we've thrown a lot of topics out there today, but you know, I try to keep people up on what's going on over in the county and money wise. I like to really focus on where the money's going, where it's flowing, and how it's actually helping us as a community. So, um, let me push some buttons here and we'll get our first caller on, Ted. Good morning. Turn your you got to turn your radio down when I come on. Hi there, you're on the air. Hi, good morning, Ted and Karen. Ted, I am really happy that you are interested in the climate crisis and what's going on there. And um, I don't know how many of the listeners are aware, but the Grassroots Institute on May 10th made recommendations to the Board of Supervisors, as well as the Fort Bragg City Council, because you're on the Board of Supervisors, to set aside $2 million of the almost $17 million you're going to be receiving of the American Rescue Plan Act 
funds in order to directly to address climate change locally, and that would be to put solar systems on county rooftops, some of them anyway, $2 million isn't going to be real, go real far, but it's a start, to install additional electric vehicle charging stations and also to work to, in order to electrify our local public transportation system, which is the Mendocino Transit Authority. And um, you, there have been numerous endorsements on the Coast Democratic Club, the Inland Democratic Club, the League of Women Voters. They recently had a letter to the editor that was fantastic, as well as your own, and there were more. There were 40 organizations and businesses so far that have endorsed these proposals. The, the, your own Mendocino County Climate Action Advisory Committee uh, endorsed these recommendations and went further. They want to see you spend $4 million on these projects. Um, you discussed the American Rescue Act plan funds briefly at um, your uh, budget hearings on June 8th. Um, and you kicked it back, the board kicked it back to um, the Mendocino uh, uh, County Climate Action Advisory Committee as well as to the Mendocino Council of Government. So what's your concern? So, so I do have some questions for you. Um, obviously, your own advisory committee wants to see this happen. They want to see the amount of funds we've recommended. So those, que- wait, so those and, questions are? And so what I would like to know is, do you support these recommendations? All right. What will you do in order to implement them? Uh, Chair uh, Dan. Okay, wait, we got the the question. Put it on the the agenda for the 13th. Will you uh, advocate for getting that on the agenda for the 13th? So there you go. Will you, do you support these recommendations? Got it. Will you work to implement them? And got it. We got it. it On the agenda. Thanks for for the the call. Yeah, so I, I in, in general, in the abstract, I, I always go in with an open mind because I don't get a chance to hear what my colleagues believe um, until we're in open session where, you know, the five of us can't talk outside of the public eye. So I'm never 100% because they may have some other ideas or they might see a way to address this problem, you know, say using state or federal funds and why use our money if we can um, use our other money. But uh, from everything I've heard, I think it's a, it's a very strong proposal. I've, I believe climate change is real. I believe we should start on mitigation. I think there's uh, some overlap between, um, you know, say um, uh, climate mitigation and providing backup power for um, disaster facilities. So we check two items off, um, you know, spending the money once. So I, I would say don't, don't focus on trying to convince me, um, but um, I do want to hear from my colleagues. Okay, is that? Do you know if it's on the agenda? Do you even have the agenda for the thirteenth yet? No, I, 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 I don't I've think heard, it's on. I've heard rumors in the community that it may be on the thirteenth. Okay, yeah, because they only usually put the agenda out like the week before. So anyway, usually it comes out uh, Thursday afternoon before the Tuesday. Before, meeting. yeah. And is it true? Did I hear that the CEO's report comes out the Tuesday morning of the board meeting? Well, sometimes, and you know, she's going to get slammed for publishing it uh, late, or not including the most up-to-date information. And so it's this kind of trade-off of, you know, if, she, if, it's, uh, if it's closer to the meeting, uh, we get information that's um, more time, that's more relevant. Uh, 
Well, I just got to say, last uh, last week's was 50 pages of her report. I didn't even have time to briefly look at it before the meeting. All right, so 895-2448, if you'd like to get on the air with us. Um, sounds good, 895-2448, if you have questions or comments you'd like to make with Ted Williams. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say if people want to go to that CEO report, she did have a lot of incredible information in there. It was very, very informative and stuff, but it just boy did it drop really late in the day for mm. for the meeting so all right ted i'm going to get somebody else here on the air good morning caller you're on the air good morning um in terms of money to go towards uh, fire fighting preparedness etc just a heads up to ted um all the supervisors and anyone interested listening the white house today uh just this morning came out with a fact sheet called the Biden-Harris Administration Act to Address the Growing Wildfire Threat. It's extremely detailed as to exactly what they're going to be funding in the future, uh, hopefully the near future, and uh, divided into categories and subcategories. Um, no money attached to it, obviously, but it shows where their interests are. And so um, that would be great if... The supervisors could take a look at that because knowing what the focus is going to be for federal monies might help the county focus um, on how they would spend that federal money. Hey, you're right. Thanks for the input. Fully, fully, fully agree, and we do have eyes on that, um, both federal and state money, um, that we don't have a lot of clarity. You know, For example, broadband. We know the states will, will be spending a lot of money on broadband. We don't know if that looks like subsidies to... Um, private industry um, partners or um, facilitating municipal-owned middle mile. So um, just like broadband, uh, fire, and a lot of other services, we're waiting for the details, but fully support what you said. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Let's get another caller on. Okay. Thank you for the call. Thank you. 895-2448. Yeah, we didn't even get into broadband. I mean, that's been a constant, constant struggle um, for the county. Anything new on that front since there's no callers coming in right now? We, we see it, uh, We see the state being motivated to uh, make a difference. We have three uh, shovel-ready projects very well specced out all the way down to um, fiber connections to the individual houses. One of those has been sitting at the state waiting approval. Um, a, we may have asked for, for most of the statewide pool, but now we see that there's significantly more funding coming into play. Whether uh, those proposals will meet the new criteria remains to be seen. It may be that we're left scrambling to massage what we have into a plan that the state would consider, or we may have to scrap what we have and start over. But um, you know, we're, we're, we're ready, just awaiting details. Okay, that's good to know. I mean, we've been working on this that uh, the broadband group has been, what, at it four or five years now, I think? Gosh, time goes. Okay, folks, 895-2448. We do have open lines, and I'm going to get this caller on right here. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. you got to turn your radio down. Hello, I'm on. Yes, Am you, I on? You are indeed, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, turn your radio down. Okay. Hello, you got to turn your radio down, though. Hello. Yes, now you're here. I hear somebody else on there, but maybe it's a previous caller, so I will ask no, it's you. If, he's, if he's aware of timber harvest rules. Uh, I mean, I not timber harvest rules, but forest practice rules. Yes. 
Yes. How's that? Okay, force practice rules for for uh, river crossing at the Gualala River. Okay, we'll ask that. Ted, know anything about that? By a logging company. Also by others that drive in the river. Okay, is that happening? Yes, it's happening. It's happened. The timber company has crossed the river. Nobody will... The forester won't answer my email. The friends of the river won't answer my email. Can you answer my question? All right, thank you. It's it's probably not within county um, authority, but if you send me an email, I would be happy to loop in um, somebody um, at probably Cal Fire and see if we can uh, get a solid answer. And uh, send as much de- detail as you have. This applies for everybody if there's an issue. Maybe it's not uh, something the county can solve, but I'm, I'm happy to be uh, with you at the table facilitating the conversation with the, with the right parties. And your email would be? williamst at mendocinocounty.org. If you go to ted.net, there's uh, all my contact information for social media, email, cell phone, everything. I will, ted.net. I will say ted.net is a really easy one to remember. That's really good. All right, we're coming up. Uh, we can maybe get one more question in or comment, but other than that, we're just going to keep going up till the top of the hour about all these issues. So um, you were also, I know there's a whole logging thing going on on the coast at Jackson State. That seems to have been cut, shut down. You've been on top of that. I saw you on Facebook. We're out there dealing with that. So it's amazing that we're back t- talking about trees being taken down right now. Um, well, the, the difference this time is uh, these are the people's trees. The people yeah. own that forest. You know, so we're not telling private companies what they can harvest. We're asking what's the best use of a of the people's forest. And I, I hope we can um, find compromise and get people in a room to talk about the real science. I, w- all sides want forest health, even the people profiting off it. I think they want to know that there's more trees to come later. It would be great to put politics and money aside, pause everything, and just talk about um, this the science and with climate change, what's what's best for that forest? Yeah, I mean, I think the discussion of sustainability has probably changed in the last twenty five years here because the climate has changed. So uh, I, it's and me personally, I'm stepping back and going, okay, things are different. We're in a different, um, you know, climate situation. Is how does that affect trees growing and our sustainability? And um, I'm not. Is that I'm hoping that's being brought into the discussion because things are, have are, changed. Are you are you in a position to bring some of the uh, researchers on air to talk about the experiments they're doing? You know why they're clear-cutting a section and what they're planning to study and what the, the long-term gain may be from that clear-cut. That, those kind of questions would be great to hear it on air. Yeah, I think so. What I will do is I will refer that to our um, Ecology Hour folks. They're the ones that are really on top of that in the science. I, like I said, I like to stay po- focused on the politics of the county more than anything. But I will pass that on to them because those are the those are the programmers that really take the time to research these things and get the science down. I'm just not that diversified right now too many balls up in the air juggling them so anyway let's wrap this up ted ted williams thank you so much for coming on and um ted.net you can get a hold of him and a lot of information going on and um have a great fourth of july weekend and thanks a lot thanks for the show thank you take care all right okay folks we do appreciate you tuning in, and we do appreciate you going to kzyx.org and hitting that donation button. I will be back with you in two weeks. Thanks so much. 
This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.